Loving God, we give thanks and praise to you today. We worship and adore you, Lord. You are faithful and kind. This is the day that you have made. We rejoice and we are glad in you. Lord, we pray that you will speak to us as we reflect on your word today. That the word will be for us a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. What you read there is what? Good, thank you. Audacious Christianity. Audacious Christianity. And Caleb and Joshua were among 12 who were sent out to go and spy the land. Israel had left Egypt and they were coming close. They were just at the threshold of entering Canaan. And and they were sent by Moses to go and spy the land. Now, what was it going to be? For them to know whether what God had told them about this land, that it flows with milk and honey, and for them to know what strategy to use to go into the land. But they went and they got two divergent opinions. The majority reports... And the minority report. Have you been in a committee where there's so much disagreement that some <laughs> will bring one report and the other say, no, we don't agree with this report. We'll bring a different report. So it's that kind of situation. Sometimes things don't happen or things are not exactly as they seem. Many years ago... It's going on to, it's over 20 years now. I was sent to become the chaplain in a university chaplaincy. That was in Nigeria. The Presbyterian Church and the Methodists and the Anglicans, we had a training institution that was run by these three churches jointly. And when we left school, we also had different universities with a Protestant chaplaincy. And that chaplaincy was more often run by these three churches together. And they sent ministers in turn. So, I was sent to this university chaplaincy. And I was the first full-time chaplain. All other chaplains before me were all part-time. Now, I went there, there was no chapel building. The, 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 the Christian community there, Protestant community, they worshipped in a hall. And that church hall, or well, not church hall, sorry, <laughs> school hall, was such a dilapidated building. The windows were broken, you know, vandalism everywhere. And unfortunately still, there were people who lived roughly. And so, if you go in there on a Sunday morning, it was a stench. The women of the church would come early to sweep away and wash away before we are able to even come in and bear staying there to worship. After the first couple of months, I couldn't bear it anymore. I said, look, I don't know how you feel about this, but I don't think this place is befitting For worshipping God. Let's think about building our own place. And I said, what are you talking about? 
No, 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 no. We've tried it before. Right on the way, there was that plot that was given to them by the university to build a chapel building. And they had actually started and raised some pillars, but nothing more. It was overgrown with weed. Now, on investigation, I found that money was raised and that money just went. <laughs> what they had to show for it was that overgrown you know, um, site with nothing happening. And I said to them, okay, let's do something. Let's, let's do a fundraising. They said, that, don't even go there. We've done fundraisings here and no one comes. And so we've we really run out of all kinds of um, options. And I got praying about it. And I had that very strong conviction. The Lord was saying, this is the time. And I went back to the chapel council. I said, look, for my own sake, you know, I wasn't here before. Let's do it one more time. If we try it and it doesn't work, you know we've tried it. They said, okay, okay, we're going to try it. But you will see, we told you. All right? We arranged a fundraising did everything, publicized it, gave out leaflets, gave out you know, invites. And on that day, we went and cut down the bush in that uh, site because we wanted people to see exactly what we were talking about. And so we went there, put some gazebos, and invited people. We prepared food in Nigeria when we have occasions. We really go out to do something. And we, we did all the catering, invited even the governor of the state. But on the day, their worst fear was realized. No one came. Only chapel members. And they were looking at me like we told you. <laughs> and I was, I said, God, what's going on here? Help me here. Help me here. But you know what? God said to me, relax. This place is going to be completed. And I said to them, well, don't worry. I tried muster as much courage as I could to encourage as much as I could. And at the end of the day, well, we were able to raise some little money, but it was nothing. Nothing at all. But that was the beginning of something. We took an audacious step to go into a forest area, cut it down, and said to ourselves, we are going to build this place. And that was in 1999. Now, in 2000, which was the year of Jubilee, I told them, the Lord is going to send us there to start worshiping. And what happened? Before you knew it, we started on that site. Before you knew it, we got contractors. No money in hand, but all of it, by faith. Gradually, the pillars kept rising and the trusses, everything kept coming. And by the end of that year, we had roofed it. And on the 1st of January 2000, I will never forget it, we had a victory march from that old school hall down to our new site. Now, if you went there today, I went there about five years ago, when one of my, you know, little ones who was very fast, she was in primary school or so, when I was chaplain there. This girl has grown up, got married. Her mom said, 
whether you're in the UK or wherever you are, you have to come. You are the one to do this wedding. And I went over there. Wow. It was a changed place. The chapel, well, by the time I had left, things had improved much more. But by this time, and if you go there today, is you won't remember how it was. Now, we talk about audacious Christianity because we have a root in our faith that is of people who took steps even when it seemed impossible. Moses sent them out to go and spy the land. And when they went out there to spy the land, what did they see? They saw the giants. They saw God's fruitfulness in the land, no doubt. They came back with clusters of grapes. Now you can imagine what kind of grape that they had two people carry one cluster on a pole to come back to show Moses and the rest of them. It is a fruitful land. But what happened, they didn't have enough faith to take that next step to go into the land to possess it. Why? They were afraid. Now they said to themselves, the people we saw, can you go with me to Numbers? All right. We read Numbers chapter 13. And so, when they came back with their report, that was now from about verse 27. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. So they were very honest. They said, yes, it does what? Flow with what? Milk and honey. Here is the fruit. Here is the evidence. But the people who live there are what? Powerful. And the cities are fortified and very large. They saw the goodness of God. They saw the blessing of God. But they took their eyes off it and began to look at the challenges. The people were powerful. The cities were fortified and large. Now let me stop there. It reminds me of a story. Two salesmen. They were sent one after the other. The first one went there to a community. And said, I went there. And truly, no one wears shoes. They were, their company produced shoes. But these people are so poor, I don't even think they can buy a flip-flop, not talk less of shoes. So let's not waste our time to open up a branch over there. And so the company gave up. But another salesman came up sometime later. And went back to the same territory. And when he went there, wow, he was excited. Still, the people had not gone into the habit of buying shoes. He came back and said to his company, this is a big market. Can you imagine? No one in that place wears shoes. If we send our shoes there, look, we will make so much profit. And the director said, you are the man to go there. And he took his merchandise over there. And of course, the company made so much profit. Why? Because someone saw an opportunity in the problem. The other one saw 
problem in the opportunity. Now here they are saying to Moses, this people, yes, the land is good. The land is wonderful. The people, though, are powerful. Their cities are fortified and very large. In a sense, they are saying, we can't even attempt to fight these people. Don't waste your time. And then, to make it worse, he said they are descendants of the Anax, the Nephilims. If you read in Genesis, these are great and mighty people. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, all the ice and tides. Live in the hill country. And the Canaanites, another ice again, live near the sea and along the Jordan. But this is a wonderful land. This is a great opportunity. And they were trying to instill fear in the people. But then, Caleb silenced the people. Hey, hold it there, hold it there. Stop, 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 stop. He said, you know, well, I'm imagining him saying that it's not written here. But he's stopping them saying, hold it there. Come on, let's go up and take possession of the land. For we can certainly do it. Can we read that together? One, two, go. We should go up and take possession of the land. For we can certainly do it. That's what God is saying to Christ Church this morning. Come on, let's go up. Take the land. For we can do what? Certainly do it. The impossibles will be there. The naysayers will be there. The difficult situations will be there. You look at yourself, you say, I'm weak, I'm poor, I'm old. No. He says, let's go up and take this country. Reminds me, the song we used to sing many years ago. We are able to go up and take the country to possess the land from Jordan to the sea. Though the giants may be on our way to hinder, God must surely give us victory, victory. Only move on to the righteous side, move on to the righteous side, move on to the righteous side of God. Hallelujah, move on. To the righteous side, move on to the righteous side, move on to the righteous side of God. Wow, you got it, you got it. Hallelujah. We are able, and that's what audacious Christianity is all about. And I began to look at the word audacious. Can you see? The many, if we go back to the slide here, please, if you don't mind, you begin to see some words. That define audacity. He says people, you know, being spirited, being wild, being courageous, taking risk. He says being adventurous, being dynamic, being valiant, being daring. Everything you can think about. Fearless. That's what it means to be audacious. It means you're seeing the problem, but you are not limited by the problem. It means you're seeing the challenges but you're seeing the greatness of your God. You're not allowing yourself to be held back by it. Now, if we go back to the reading for a moment, 
Now, it says that we are able, for we can certainly do it. I remember Barack Obama came from nowhere with a strange name. And he wanted to be the president of America. It was impossible. He had all the institutions against him. But what was their mantra? Yes, we can. And that caught on across America. That caught on. And here you can see it's actually in the Bible. We can. We can. What happened? The people came back. They pushed back. But the man who had gone up with him, what did they say? We can't. We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we. Who told them that? So we, they are stronger than we are. We can't. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said the land we explored does what? Devours those living in it. I wonder if people who are devoured are now giants. What kind of devouring happened there? It says the land devours the people. But that was just to, to scare the Israelites from going there. It says the land devours the people. We cannot go in there. All the people we saw are of great size. So all the little people have been devoured. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so if we go in there, these giants will just tear us apart. Wow, that was something. That was something. The land we explored is so terrible. You know, it's so bad. But yet they brought the fruit to show. All the people we saw of great size. We saw the Nephilims. They repeated everything. And look at the last sentence. We seemed like what? Grasshoppers. In our own eyes. First of all, in our own eyes. And we look the same to them. The people haven't even mentioned. They haven't said we talked to the people. This is in their own mind. You know, when the devil brings fear in our hearts, we don't see what God is saying. We only begin to imagine. They're imagining things here. In fact, they begin to see themselves as grasshoppers. Come on. These are children of God. But they have seen themselves as people who are helpless, people who cannot make any move. Now look at chapter 10. Let's move on to chapter 10. From verse 6. From verse 5. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Moses and Aaron, they were so distraught. They didn't know what to do. They were just like, God, what is it? You sent us into this situation. Because why? From verse 1, the people wanted to stone them. They said, no, we, let's make ourselves another leader. We can't go into this promised land. We should go back to Egypt. The place of bondage became the place where they wanted to go back to. Let's choose a new leader. And so in verse 5 and 6, Joshua, the son of Nun. And Caleb, son of Jephunneh, 
who were among those who had explored the land tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, that's the important thing. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land. A land flowing with milk and honey and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not be afraid of the people. Now he's facing the people. Do not be afraid of the people because we will do what? Swallow them up. Hallelujah. These are the giants. He said we will swallow them up. Because why? Their protection is gone. But the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. In another scripture, it says they are like bread. You know, loaf of bread. You can squeeze it into, you know, little ball. He said these people, they can't do you anything. Let's only be with the Lord. Let's go in the power of the Lord. And we can do it. And that's what the Lord is saying to you this week. God is calling us to live an audacious Christian life. Let's go back to our, you know, slide. To be audacious there. God is saying to us, I want you to begin to see yourself as someone who is courageous. Don't look at yourself and say, oh, well, what can I do? I can't do anything. No, to be an audacious Christian is that you're seeing yourself in the light of God's view of you. What's God saying about you? You see yourself and say, well, I'm weak. I'm a woman or I'm a man or I'm this or I'm that. I'm old, I'm weak. No, God is saying you are strong. For when you are weak, you're what? You're strong. That's what the scripture says. And so for us, people of God, you know, you may be facing some challenges in your life. God is saying, don't give up. To be audacious in your Christian faith, it's like Paul will do. He will look at Agrippa and say, oh, King Agrippa, do you believe what I'm telling you? Agrippa looks at him and says, look, you almost are making me a Christian. You're out of your mind, Paul. He said, I don't mind whether I'm out of my mind or what, but I want you to know that these things are true. God may be sending you out where you work to be the light in that place. You can bring hope where there is no hope. That's audacity. And people are saying, this is not possible. But with you, who believes, all things are what? Possible. Don't give up on God. We woke up this morning. I was telling you how I was feeling last night. And then Nina herself began to feel pain down her back. (laughs) And we're like, what's going on here? This is obviously an attack. <laughs> Even though we exerted ourselves yesterday. <laughs> okay. But, okay, if we're going to drive, this morning we're going to walk. Praise God. We decided to walk. With all my heavy you know, stuff I was carrying, I said, this time I'm going to walk. Praise God. And we did that. Defying. That's what we've been defiant. If you look at that you know, uh, clip there. To be an audacious Christian is to say, Satan, bring it on. The hand of the Lord is upon me. I am not going to be moved. Because you are special. You are special. 
And that's what God is saying to us this morning. Now let's finish with the second reading where Jesus was with his disciples. And they were coming from one place with his disciples. He's going to Bethany. And then the next day he was leaving Bethany. And they came to a tree. A tree that was at the time not supposed to be yielding fruit, which was surprising. And they came there and Jesus expected fruit. And there was no fruit in that tree. And Jesus said, no one will ever eat from you anymore. And the very next day as they were passing, Peter said, look Lord, the tree you've cursed has died, it's withered. And what did Jesus say to them? Have faith in God. It doesn't matter what you see. He said, if you can say to this mountain, be lifted and be cast into the sea. That's verse 23. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. First of all, do what? Believe that you have done what? Received it. He didn't say believe that you will receive it. He said believe that you have done what? Received it. You're acting that you received it. Believe. And it will be yours. And that's what an audacious faith does. They saw the land. They said, we are able. Come on, let's go in there because the Lord has given it to us. The Lord has given Swanley and its environs to Christ church. And he's saying to us, go out there. The harvest is plentiful. Bring in. Remember, reel it in. Praise the Lord. Great things are going to happen in and around your lives because God has called you for this purpose. We're going to go into a time of ministry shortly. What is it you're expecting from the Lord? He said, believe. Believe. You receive it. And you will have it. Don't be afraid of what it is. Maybe as I was feeling last night, the pain was there. Even when I woke up this morning, there was still that light pain there. But I told myself, Lord, I am healed. I received my healing today. I told myself, Lord, thank you because you are there for me. Lord, I bless your name because you've done great things. Today, I will praise you. I will worship you. I will serve you with all my heart. And whatever you're feeling, go beyond your feeling this morning and see the power of the Lord upon your life today. Go beyond what your body is telling you, what the situation is telling you. Go beyond what the reports are saying. Go beyond all those negativities and hold on to God this morning. Let your faith arise. Let your faith arise. Don't give up. Don't give up. Because the Lord is with you. Living a, an audacious Christian life 
is to live a positive life, not a negative life. Knowing that God is able to do exceeding abundantly. I know that the Lord is here this morning. I know that his spy is here with us this morning. If you can, shall we rise on our feet? And those in the ministry team, can you take your position by the two sides of the hall? And I'll ask, you know, if the worship team, are we taking a raise the hallelujah? Sorry? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. You know, because I want us to raise a hallelujah.